Welcome back to Eagles Entertainment here at the Novacare Complex. I'm Molly Sullivan, joined by the Hall of Famer, Meryl Reese. And for the final time this season, let's go one-on-one. -on -one. Presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. Meryl, thank you so much for, for and I said I was going to keep it together, but I'm already teary-eyed because this man <laughs> means a lot to me and to the city of Philadelphia and globally. But thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, that's just who you are. You, you show up. Whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, but Meryl, you show up every practice, every news conference, every open locker room for player availability. You are there front and center. How do you make it all happen? I love it. I, I, I honestly love it. I get teary-eyed because my season is over. That means no more football <laughs> until next August. So I'll get teary-eyed about that, but I'll drown my sorrow on the golf courses of America. <laughs> <laughs> A devoted golfer indeed. Uh, you've been the voice of the Eagles since 1977. Yeah. Count them. That's 43 seasons as a voice of the Eagles. I mean, what, what has been the winning formula? You are the longest tenured play-by-play -play announcer in the National Football League. What's the winning formula? I think the winning formula is just loving what you do. And that's what it is. I mean, I love, there's nothing I would rather do in the world. And uh, that's when you, when you love something so much and that is your passion, and then you, you stay out of the way, <laughs> then, uh, then, then you can survive. It's a matter of survival because I've been through a lot of general managers of, of state of WIP and that it was a YSP that was then absorbed by WIP. But uh, I, I don't create any problems. Uh, I, I stay and keep my mind on my own business and I just love what I do. You do things the right way. You do things the right way, period, end of story. And I think... Uh, don't we all try to do that in our lives? Try to do, live a hope. good life yeah. and then be honest and uh, try to, to do the right things to stay healthy. I exercise. Yeah. I don't overindulge in anything. So yeah. I think that's all part of it. And I have a, I have a, a wonderful wife. Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> and, and Cindy is just great. I mean, she is somebody who who when our kids were young and training camp would begin and she would say to me, go do everything you have to do to be at your best and I will take care of everything else. That's what you need. Oliver, <clears throat> our grandson. Your first grandson was born in October 2018. We've swapped September one. actually, oh, September, September 22nd. Pardon me, pardon me. Uh, what, is, what is Meryl Reese's grandfather? What, what is he like? Oh, loving, loving. I see this little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy, and I, I, I can't hug him enough. He's wonderful. I, I can't wait until he is old enough to bring to training camp one day or to take to the broadcast booth the way I used to take my son, Nolan. And I took our daughter, Ida, yeah, Oliver's yeah. mother. Uh, Oliver, uh, she would come to training camp every year for a couple of days until she saw enough of it and then said, Dad, can I do something else? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We first met on officially on the, on the first day of training camp in 2018. And, and since that time, Meryl, I've watched, going back to you say you stayed out of the way and you do the right things, but I've watched how you treat people and you do do the right thing. And it's, it's bigger than football. You've, got, you've connected with your listeners, not only here in Philadelphia, but globally. What does that mean to you? For a man that nobody is better with their words, what does that mean to you? I don't think about that. I, I treat people the way that I feel. I mean, I, I, I'm a people person. 
Uh, I'm, I'm interested in learning about them. I love the Eagles fans when they come up to me. And you go back to the Super Bowl, that final play, and you recognized Eagle fans. You said this is for you, the world championship that you deserve. What is it about Philadelphia sports fans that well, make them so special? Here, here's the thing. They're passionate. They're passionate. They love this team. They're out there if the team is losing. They're out there if, the, if it's raining. It doesn't snowing. It doesn't matter. They're there. You know, for years, Angelo Cattoldi was saying to me, I want them to win the Super Bowl for you. You've been around for so long and you've been through so much. I want you to be able to say the Eagles have won the Super Bowl and just soak it up. And I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it because I, I was on cloud 10. But, but I wanted it for the fans because the Eagles don't owe me anything. Every time I climb up into that broadcast booth is a privilege and something that I would rather do than anything else in the world. I wanted them to win for the people who spend their last dollars on season tickets, who around Christmas time conjure up any amount of money they can to buy number 11s or to buy Eagles merchandise for their kids, who come out here and, and, and suffer through the bad weather and the, the, the good, the bad, and everything in between. I wanted it more than anything else yeah. for the fans. But as far as I'm concerned, I've had nothing but a, a joyous and wonderful career for the last four decades. And you've had countless opportunities to go national, to go with network television and such. But for you, the dream is right here. What it hap- is. What happens when, when reality exceeds those dreams? What do, what do you do then? There's the, the fact that, it, you know, everybody is always striving. So... People say to me, when you started your career, after I, I was a naval officer, after yeah. I was discharged from the Navy and I started at a little radio station in Pottstown, they said, when you were at this little radio station, did you strive to the, get to the next step? And the answer was yes, because we all want to move to the next step in our lives and our careers. But I didn't see there, sit there every day, and, and I did everything from morning till night, from music shows to talk shows to news weather i did a fire engine parade from a street corner in collegeville of course you did i did a show where they played <laughs> organ music and i read obituaries oh uh, can, can you believe this is these are the things you do but i didn't say sit there and say all right i've got to get out of here i need a bigger station i was making 65 dollars a week yeah. now i'm up to 70. but <laughs> but i was making, i was i was making 65 dollars a week then and i never said i've got to take the next step i was determined to absolutely enjoy every day there and when the time came i made my 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 exit and i moved all the way up to Levittown, a station that I am now managing partner of, and I was remember by that time it was up to $90 a week, and I went to Levittown and I auditioned, and they said, we want you here. And I said, great. They said, we have a salary scale. We start you at $95 a week, and every nine months there's a, there's a raise of 750 so you'll go up to 150 so i said to them the details uh, here the details i'll never forget it and i said to them well to make a move i really have to make a hundred dollars and this was for a six-day week And, and and they said to me you know what we want you so badly that we will move you up to the second rung on the ladder we will start you at 150 i felt 
like an NFL player who just tested free agency <laughs> and struck it rich. <laughs> I love it, Meryl. When, when you wake up in the morning, mm -hmm. where does your mind go first? Wow, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I, I don't think about that. I wake up in the morning, and if it's a day to get down to the Eagles, I'm excited. I get up uh, during the football season. I have to tape things for KYW, and I get up at 6, and I punch my little phone app and clear my throat and try to figure out what this day is going to bring and organize my thoughts. And thank goodness they can edit because the words don't always come out in the right order at 6 o'clock in the morning. But... Uh, uh, that's so you what are I do. human. I focus. Come oh, on, oh, you're human. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I am human. I've, there's, there's never been a broadcast in 43 years that didn't have at least three stupid things that I wished I hadn't said. <laughs> so that's, that's all of it. But no, I, I focus on what I have that day, and I'm, I'm generally happy. And if it's a, if it's a, a, a non-football day, I go up to our radio station in Levittown, and I have a sales meeting, and I focus on the day, and I work with the young people up there, which gives me great joy. And um, then uh, when, the, when the moment is right, I head for the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> and there your I best go. is, what, 76? You're going for Once, once upon a time, all I, right, did all right. a, I did shoot a 76. <laughs> okay. Yes. There it is. Uh, inside the booth with Merrill and Mike. Merrill Cam, we can't get enough of. Is there a favorite game that you can you can pinpoint other than, of course, February 4th, 2018? Is is there a game that really comes to mind? As, oh, yeah. What is it? Oh, yeah. My favorite? Yeah. Favorite of all time? I mean, it used to be the it used to be the Herman Edwards fumble. Or the, and, and of course, February 4th, 2018 is right. my favorite. Of course, of course. But this one occurred on December 19th. 2010, Eagles and, and the, the Giants. Giants. Yep. Eagles yep. were so bad in the first half that I said something like, <laughs> the score at halftime, the Giants 21, the Eagles are still at the hotel. <laughs> but then they came back, and uh, Michael Vick yep. made a pass, threw a pass to Brent Selleck over the middle, yeah. and he took it 64 yards for a touchdown. Yep. And I said, hmm. And then the Eagles kicked off. David Akers kicked off. Onside's kick, recovered by Riley Cooper. And they marched and marched and marched again. And then Michael Vick ran here and threw there. And then Michael Vick scored on a quarterback draw. And now it's getting close. And you can hear the fans mm -hmm. at Giant Stadium settling down. And then, then the, the Eagles stop the Giants again. And Vick takes them down. And I can remember this like it was yesterday. He threw a pass just inside the left pylon to Jeremy Macklin. And as they kicked the extra point to score, to tie the game, the giant crowd was silent. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. And then the Giants moved nowhere. Eagles defense that had been run through and around and missed tackles in the first half. They were airtight. And the Giants punter went back. And as he lined up the punt, I said, there is no way, and Mike Quick said, there is no way that he punts this to Deshaun Jackson. Mm -hmm. But he did. Yeah. He punted to Deshaun Jackson, who looked up, and he muffed the ball. And then he picked it up, <laughs> and the Red Sea parted. Jason Avant threw one of the great blocks of all time downfield, 
and up the middle went Deshaun Jackson. And when he got to the one, started he started dancing to dance. around. I know. And I'm saying, I don't care if he if he jumps, yeah. leaps, get spins, in the end zone. get into yeah. the end zone, and he did. Yeah. And that was the equivalent of the two outs, three and two pitch, grand slam home run to win the game in the bottom of the ninth. That was that was the football equivalent of that. That was unlike anything I have ever seen before or since. Well, I'll tell you what NFL Network did their top plays of the decade. And Merrill Reese, your call of that game was, was let it game? off. Yeah, let huh. it off, and rightfully so. You've been around a lot of great football minds throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Is there is there somebody, is there a conversation that, that really stood out along your journey? Yeah, Molly, it's funny that you bring that up because I have been around a lot of great football minds, and, and many of them are in this current staff. But I go back, as you said, to 1876. And once upon a time, when the great Dick Vermeule was the coach of the Eagles, he had an offensive advisor by the name of Sid Gilman. You can check him out. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was a great coach with the Chargers. He was, I once heard the 49ers, uh, Bill Walsh, who is considered to be the inventor of what's called the West Coast offense, sure. say that it was Sid Gilman who taught him the West Coast offense. But when, when he was with the Eagles, one night we were at the Crystal City Marriott, the night before an Eagles-Redskins game, and I was always pestering him. Sid, tell me about how you use the hash marks. When you go to the passing, when you go to the hurry up, and I'm asking question after question after question. So in this case, I go over to him in the lobby of the hotel the night before the game, and I said, said, I have a question. And he said, Merle, sit down. We sat down. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, the most overrated part of football is play calling. And I said, what? He said, we're going to play the Redskins tomorrow. He said, and as is the case every week, there will be 60,000 offensive coordinators in the stands. <laughs> he said, I'm going to tell you something. We know what the Redskins are going to do. They're going to give the ball to number 44, that was John Riggins, and they're going to run something called the counter tray. We know everything they're going to do, and you know what? I'll clean it up. We're still going to have our backsides handed to us <laughs> because we can't stop them. He said, it's execution. If you, you, you know the old Green Bay Packers, you, they used to have the sweep with Paul Horning, the, the 49ers with Walsh. They knew, the opposition knew, they were gonna run quick slant, Joe Montana to Jerry Rice, but they couldn't stop it. It's how you execute. So I'm not minimizing game planning and play calling because that's all part of it. But the key is how you execute. So I learned from the great Sid Gilman and every coach in between. Love that. Don't you feel like you're breaking bread with Merrill Reese right now? We could go on and on. <laughs> uh, but here is the bottom line, Merrill. You never make it about you. You tell a story with your audience in mind, and you care about people. I think that's at the, at the bottom of everything. You treat people the right way, you do the right things. Number one piece of advice for not only future sports broadcasters, but everybody listening. Treat each other the way you would like to be treated. It's that simple. It's that simple, be, be a person. I mean, I'm not Merrill Reese Voice of the Eagles, I'm Merrill. That's, that's who I am. I don't walk around saying, I am the Eagles broadcaster. I, I just, I'm just me, and I like to have fun. Yeah. 
It's that it's that simple. I mean, just just be yourself. Nobody represents Philadelphia sports fans better than Merrill Reese. A lot of people know football. A lot of people have a great voice. But that's what makes you a Hall of Famer is, is, is how you represent the fan. And, and thank you for, for all that you do. And I got through this without crying. So I am lucky well, a lady. You know, I'm, I'm the luckiest broadcaster in the world because I, I, I communicate with the greatest fan base in the country. I mean that. Yeah, I know and, and it's always great do. to be with you because you know that I consider you a wonderful person and a great talent. Well, you, my friend, are undefeated. Thank you. <laughs> Meryl Reese, Molly Sullivan, for the final time and closing out the 2019 season, thanks for watching.